I'm always seeing things on the news and thinking that can't be right, can it? Listen to the KYW News Radio in depth podcast and make it make sense. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Sabrina, there's been a big focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years, particularly since George Floyd's murder on Memorial Day of 2020 and the subsequent protests that followed across the country, including infamously here in the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So overall, do you think that this focus and attempt to become more diverse has been effective? I think we need to keep thinking about it, Jay. You know, uh, it became such big news that summer. A lot of places created diversity and inclusion committees. And uh, in some of my circles, they kind of got stuck at what do we actually do now that we have this committee? So I think we just got to keep doing the work at this point. And one organization you can add to that list is the Philadelphia Police Department. They are also focusing on diversity and inclusion with the addition of a new hire. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. It's a very busy Monday, so we're going to give you a rundown of some of the things that are happening around the city of Philadelphia today. And the Philadelphia Police Department has named Leslie Morant as their new chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. This is a brand new position, Jay. The announcement was made at a press conference over the weekend where Morant got a chance to speak and talk a little bit about what she hopes the role involves. Developing a strategic plan that builds in accountability, that assesses our current metrics, that sets goals, and that allows us to track performance to plan. Morant is a Temple graduate. She's been a staff attorney for the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania for over 20 years. Now, this new position is something that Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw has personally advocated for. So we will have to see what comes next and what Morant can bring to the police department. I'm looking forward to seeing what changes this could bring. People have talked a lot about the issues that that the police department has with the community here in Philadelphia, the level or lack thereof of trust in certain instances. So this could go a long way to finally addressing some of those issues, especially on the police end of things. Meanwhile, in Kensington over the weekend, three kids and their father died on Sunday morning in a row home fire near East Street in Allegheny, and their mother is currently hospitalized. KWW's John McDevitt spoke with Jose, who was one of that family's neighbors. I feel like bad because he was a good neighbor, you know. But then he didn't bother nobody. He worked with the kid, take care of his wife, got two jobs. Now, we're not that far removed from that massive fire that killed 12 people, mostly children, at the end of December, and Philadelphia's Fire Commissioner Adam Teal says the city has a real fire problem. Unfortunately, with fires burning hotter and faster than ever before, despite our best efforts, the best efforts of our members, we are tragically and unfortunately, as this morning, too often, too late to make the difference that we want to make. All of us, all of us standing here, swore an oath to do everything we can to protect lives and property everywhere we can do it. For us, the worst possible thing is to not be able to save a life. Jay, 21 people have died from fatal fires in Philadelphia this year, and that includes those 12 people from the Fairmount fire that happened at the very end of December, so that's being lumped into this year. But 21 people, and it's April. Now, in this case, once again, officials said that there were no working smoke detectors in the home. 
We know that the fire department has been making efforts to check smoke detectors, get them installed. So if you need one, please reach out to them. The cause of this fire is still under investigation, but it's just sad to see this kind of thing repeat itself. It's sad. And now you have more kids who have died as well. A couple of those kids went to Lewis Elkin Elementary School and they launched a GoFundMe to help out the family. And if you want to contribute, the link is in the episode description. I'll also give a shout out. We've talked to Michelle Durham multiple times about fire safety because she's an anchor here at KYW and has experience training with the fire department. So if you want to hear more about how you can protect your home, We have an episode back on January 12th with Michelle after the Fairmount fire that has lots of great information. We'll drop that link in the description, too. Now, it's also been a minute since we talked about the invasion of Ukraine, and it's still going on. And a bipartisan congressional delegation just spent a week in Europe seeing the impact of this invasion firsthand. And South Jersey Democratic Representative Donald Norcross was among them, and he serves on the House Armed Services Committee. And he told KWW's Mike Doherty that what he saw at the Polish-Ukrainian border has been simply devastating. The people who were coming from Ukraine across the border were walking. Literally might have a backpack, might have a plastic bag full of their belongings, primarily women and their children. And the despair on their face, quite frankly, says it all. Now, Norcross also said he was struck by how the people of Poland have welcomed in refugees, saying they didn't, quote, open a refugee centers. They simply opened up their homes. And they also met with leaders in Germany, as well as in Poland, to talk about ending the reliance on Russian oil. Norcross also said you couldn't tell who was a Democrat and who was a Republican because they were actually focused on working together to find solutions. We keep saying it is really sad that this is what it takes to bring people together. And it's really still so tragic. And we can't forget that this is still happening. But we have seen the goodness of people come out of this, as Norcross said, how people in Poland are opening their homes, how people are joining together, Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, there's there's not much more we can say until something happens here that hopefully ends this war, but we are going to keep trying, keep trying to find solutions. And one more thing, we do have a quick update on our favorite cat, our favorite kitty, the, (laughs) I guess the de facto mascot of this thing, Buddy the Cat. He's doing really well. He's recovering with his foster family and a trial date has been set for early May. It's really going to be in a couple of weeks now because we're at the end of April this week, but for early May, where the two teens who were accused of sicking their dogs on Buddy, they're going to be in front of a judge. Now, those dogs are currently in the care of the Pennsylvania SPCA, and the trial will determine what exactly happens to them. Now, here's PSPCA spokesperson Jillian Coker to explain what exactly is going to happen next. They are getting everything that they need while the uh, case makes its way through the court system. What happens to them will really depend on the outcome of the trial and what is decided by the courts. They may return to the custody of their original owners or they may be signed over to our care. It's hard for us to say what's the best outcome for these dogs, but I hope one way or another they get retraining. They get some kind of opportunity to to do better and be better because dogs can be trained. You know, they they can come out of this and end up better animals. Now, uh, an exciting part of this, though, is that Buddy the cat in his foster care, he seems so happy and 
he has a foster sibling that he's been getting to know, <laughs> Teddy the cat. So Buddy and Teddy, I hope they're going to I hope that Buddy gets adopted by this family and that they get to stay friends and siblings and I have two cats as you know, Jay, and I think that they just are really happy to have each other's company. So I'm glad to know that Buddy has a friend. I I'd, I'd have a really difficult time letting Buddy out of the house if you've had him for a couple of weeks and he's sure. clearly gotten better. This cat is a lot tougher than we probably imagined having gone through that and he's seemingly recovered. He's gotten better. He looks like a happy little dude now. And one more thing. We'll close this out with a way that you can help your community this week. Dining Out for Life returns this Thursday. More than 50 participating restaurants are going to give a portion of that night's sales to Action Wellness, an organization that provides services for Philadelphians dealing with HIV. Now, of course, Dining Out for Life didn't happen for the last two years with the whole pandemic thing going on. So Action Wellness is really happy that it's back this year, hoping for a decent turnout given the circumstances. One place that participates is Yards Brewery. Kevin Burns, who's the executive director of Action Wellness, says that Yards makes a special beer for it every year. Every year around Dining Out for Life, they do Action IPA, which is an IPA um, that they sort of name after Action Wellness, and they donate money back from every glass, every pint, I should say, of beer sold back to Action Wellness. So they're very generous, and we appreciate their support. So if you can get out on Thursday night, definitely do so, and you can actually be giving your money to a good cause. Plus, you're also, you know... Getting dinner on a Thursday night, which is not a bad move to make either. Right. Of course, we'll put the link to all the participating restaurants on our Twitter, which is at the Johncast. So make sure you drop a follow on us as well. That's it for this Monday. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa. Thank you for catching up with us and getting your week started. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Have a great Monday, and we'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs>